0: and Reimer, rebound loose at the top of the quiz, Rashad score! Bojewin, Bojewin, and game seven, and the Bruins win the series!
1: Lucic is working him over here,
0: Lucic pulls him back, another uppercut, throw in the towel, it's a mercy killing! to The conference summies
2: for the second consecutive year. You're listening to the Spoke Beat Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Zach Weiner, Jesse Gauss, and Andrew Cox.
3: Come on! Block in front, block in front. We got 35 seconds left. Come on. Toronto with it at the point. Matthews, stop, block. get it clear! Guys, guys, fuck you, man. All right, 22 seconds remaining.
0: 22 fucking seconds.
3: That's down, come on. No, okay, 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 it's clear. Thank you. Is that gonna be icing? That cannot be icing, come on. They did not, it's not icing, it's
0: not icing! Five,
3: four, three, two, one. No, baby! Yes, we're talking about! Oh, heroic effort by Corpus Columbus. I
0: can't believe it. So we got Ottawa. Bruins, Ottawa, baby. What's up, everyone? And
3: welcome back to the Spoke Bee Podcast. A very exciting episode for you uh, tonight. A little bit of uh, uh, improvisation uh, tonight as we're going to try to do a a quick playoff preview for the Bruins series. Uh, Myself, Jesse, uh, Andrew, and John were sitting around waiting for the the final whistle, the final buzzer on the Leafs game uh, it's been a pretty crazy weekend for the Bruins and Bruins fans, but we finally know who we're going to be facing. We know some of the other playoff matchups as well. So we're going to try to break them down um, and, uh, you know, give some of our predictions and just where the team is at. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, back and forth in terms of emotions for Bruins fans this weekend, as we we know that uh, Brad Marchand got a two-game suspension. It really affected the offense a lot uh, in the last two games. and They ended up losing – they, they needed just two points in their last four games to clinch the three spot. They got one point in an overtime loss against Ottawa. And then they were just completely outplayed uh, yesterday against Washington and lost 3-1. to one. They got goal a goal in the first game from Stafford, who stayed hot, and a goal from Colin Miller, who was back in the lineup um, on Saturday. Um, but they lost... Uh, it was 2-1 in a shootout to Ottawa, 3-1 to Washington. So... After the Washington game ended, uh, the Bruins no longer controlled their own destiny in the playoffs, and they needed uh, Toronto to, to help them out. And basically what it was is Toronto was facing uh, Pittsburgh at home, and then the very next day, aka today, right now, Sunday, as we're recording this, um, Columbus at home, Toronto needed three out of four points to knock the Bruins off and, and drop them to the eighth spot. And uh, definitely some back-and-forth discussions over text between myself, Jesse, and Andrew on our our feelings of opponents, whether it be um, Ottawa or Washington for the Bruins. But uh, I think it's safe to say that the overwhelming majority of Bruins fans, especially from what you saw on Twitter, was that they'd rather see Ottawa uh, in the first round than Washington. And so people had their eyes glued. Pittsburgh was 12 minutes away from uh, beating... Toronto they're up 3-2 and the Leafs scored three unanswered to win the game 5-3 so going into tonight's matchup against Columbus Toronto only needed one point um and they went up two to nothing in the second period on two James Van Riemsdyk goals and Columbus roared back tied it up and then scored a shorthanded goal to, to make it 3-2 and they held on for the remainder of the game and so it will be at long last the Bruins against the Ottawa Senators game one either Wednesday or Thursday night of this week. the first two games will be in Ottawa with games three and four back in Boston. Um so Jesse, we definitely have a little bit to talk about with this series. obviously the uh, the Bruins were 0 and one, I believe against Ottawa this season. Ottawa we've complained a lot about their boring pace of play, but then also some uh, some concerns with the Bruins as they'll they'll be getting they'll be getting marsh back which is exciting in terms of the offense and what he brings to the team but it's looking it's not official yet but it's looking more and more like they're not going to have tory krug for the first round they also may not have carlo for the trip to um ottawa as he sustained a concussion on a hit by uh, alexander ovechkin in the game yesterday against washington so there's some question marks around the defense and who's going to be called up from providence to play um and there's also some question marks surrounding the third line, as Frank Petrano's playing time has gone down significantly. We're not sure if Nolachari is going to be healthy enough yet. They're hopeful Tim Schaller is going to be healthy enough, but we're not sure. Um, JFK got his first minutes yesterday against Washington, but just eight minutes, and Bruce Cassidy has admitted to not knowing much about him. So definitely a lot of storylines going into this series. Tell me, uh, you know, besides the boring pace of play of Ottawa, what intrigues you about this series, um, and, you know, what are you looking for from the Bruins going in? I think the most
1: intriguing thing is that they're going to have to figure out how to beat this trap, and they haven't done it. So that's the first thing. The other thing is that I'm interested to see how they play without Tory Krug and, and Carlo, depending on how long he's out. And we were talking about this before we got on the air. We were wondering if they were going to bring up guys like Tommy Cross or Charlie McAvoy for the series. And, I mean, you know – they haven't played well against Ottawa all year. He said they were 0-2, uh, 0-2-2 or 0-2, whatever it was. And the, the silver lining to this is in their last game, they played pretty well against them. They lost in a shootout. So, you know, Ottawa themselves was banged up. Mathot didn't play. Cody Cece wasn't playing. Or he was playing, but he, he's, he's injured. Bobby Ryan wasn't playing. So Ottawa's going into the playoffs limping too. And they hadn't, aside from, you know, the last couple of nights, they had been kind of in free-fall mode. So you might be getting them at the right time. I, I mean, me personally, we, we've, I've been over this. I don't like this matchup because I think Ottawa's really boring. And I, I don't really think that the Bruins are going to win this series. I didn't think they were going to beat Washington either. But, I mean, me personally, I would have rather have played Washington and just see, you know, just see what happens. But there, there are some storylines in here. And I think, as I said in the beginning, the biggest one is to see if they can beat that trap.
3: Now, before I give it over to Andrew, I just want to ask you one question, Jesse, and that is, do you see, uh, you know, the, the the head coach of Ottawa is obviously uh, Guy Boucher, who coached uh, the Lightning in uh, 2011, which was an epic seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Final, and I remember he also did the 1-3-1 um, over there and the Bruins struggled a lot with it throughout the, the series and even though they won the series I think overall they you know one would say they really struggled their one goal in game seven was um, an, a, a play that Claude Julien pretty much drew up during the game to to you know split them out was, I believe it was Ference to Krejci to Horton um, do you, it, it, do you and, I, and I know that Boucher has them running the one three one in Ottawa but do you, do you think the Bruins can take lessons from that 2011 series to try to break it down and, and you know, get some goals on on this team?
1: Yeah, they absolutely should. The only thing that concerns me with that is that the Bruins don't necessarily have the kind of firepower that they did on that 2011 team. So I'd be interested to see how Cassidy uses some of the younger guys uh, in this series. You know, you, you mentioned Vetrano might not play. His playing time's been going down. And, you know, they don't have – well, actually, no, I was going to say they don't really have a – a sniper like Nathan Horton, but then I totally forgot about David Posternock, who's probably yeah. a better goal scorer than Horton ever was. So yeah. I, I do think, you know, overall, this, this team obviously is not as good as that 2011 team that beat Tampa, but, you know, I, I think you can get you can get creative with your lines here. And, the you know, the Bruins have found a lot of creativity in these lines with Bruce Cassidy as coach. No, the, the lines really haven't stayed the same throughout the season, although the last couple of games they've been – basically the same
3: while marshan has been out. With right, exactly. coming back, I, think, I think Cassidy was forced into that, you know?
1: Yeah, and now with Marshan coming back, you can slide down Posternock to that second line. If you want to, you can slide Backus down. You could slide Spooner back down to the third line. I'm, and we don't have to talk about this, but Spooner was pretty bad on a wing on Saturday. We all kind of know how not good he is when he plays anywhere other than center. So, you know, y- you're, you're getting a boost when this series starts. So I think that's definitely encouraging. And if they're gonna do anything, they gotta look to that 2011 game film because it's exactly the same. It's ex- exactly the same style as Tampa played.
3: I hear you. No, I definitely hear that. Um, Andrew, what about you? You, the, uh, what what storylines you looking at for this Bruins team? Um,
2: and you know what what intrigues you most about this series going in? Well, there's a few things. I, I've been kind of taking notes throughout the season against Ottawa and Washington. And here's the thing. With Tory out, we we hit on it last week about how he was such a catalyst and and how great of a year he's having, and how he was been he might have been our best defenseman in a sense offensively defensively he, he just stepped up and he lived up to that contract this year, so losing him, who knows how long that will be, but you know that's it's a tough blow to take for a team that's already thin on the defensive side. I, I like how colin Miller stepped up he he's looked good but you know. With Carlo going down now, you, again, you already have the thin defensive core. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, if they even give McAvoy the chance or not. I don't think they're going to. But I, I, I really don't think we want to see them burn that contract, that year on that contract. But it's got to be a possibility. You really look at the, the core and the depth of this defense right now. you got John Michael Lyles. You've got Chara. You've got McQuaid. you got the Millers. And, you know, it's it's kind of a, a – a crapshoot for who's after that. So uh, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. How you know Cassidy's going to put the, the pieces together and, and function and put together a full six-man defensive core and, and get through the series. We we all know we we've talked about it through numerous texts. Ottawa is a boring fucking team to watch, and the games against Ottawa are always boring. I, I just want to see for once a competitive. High scoring. Give me a high scoring game. I don't give a shit. Just give me something more exciting than what we've seen so far against them. And I just want to see, you know, playoff hockey and and, and just see, you know, a good team on the ice. And I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested to see how, what, you know, what happens when Marchand comes back. Does he play with a little fire under his ass? Because he pretty much cost them home ice in the uh, first round and almost got his team... A uh, first round matchup with Washington, if it wasn't for Toronto choking today. So I'm just interested to see how those, you know, three storylines play out: the the Krug and Carlo injuries, what Cassidy does with putting pieces together to to fully put a full six man rotation out there on defense that's going to win you some games, some intensity from the Ottawa, you know, against Ottawa and the whole Marshan thing.
3: I was listening to I was listening to uh, Saturday Skate, uh, which is um, a show on Wei. And uh, they were um, the, you know, they were talking about the series and obviously the, you know, the McAvoy contract. Um, and I agreed with one thing they said, which is I think it's going to be more of the same in the series. Uh, it's going to be boring. You're going to have some more 2 one games. And if the Bruins can get out of it with a victory, then you're going to start getting your exciting playoff hockey, whether they face the Rangers or Montreal or, you know, a, a, another team. Um, in terms of the McAvoy contract, I, I have to agree with Jesse uh, on this one. I think taking a year off his contract for the first round, at least, not the best idea. Uh, something we were talking about offline before we began recording was um, I, I was I was talking about how Tory Krug was not with the team uh, in the first round of the 2013 playoff run. Um, but then after Ferentz got hurt, and I think they had a couple other injuries, they ended up... Um, <clears throat> Bring Krug up. And that's when he had his whole coming out party, obviously with the four goals and five games against the Rangers. And that's something I could potentially see happening with McAvoy. If the Bruins were to get out of the first round, maybe, maybe call him up if Krug's still out. It's certainly so disappointing because Krug really had an incredible year um, he had a career high in points and really after some defensive struggles to begin the season, totally adjusted his game and, and became a force to be reckoned with and one of the leaders on the team uh, defensively. So it's really tough to see him go. But I'm not sure bringing a guy like McAvoy is going to help them break the, you know, the one 3 um, And, you know, so you really have to look at what what they have available outside of that, which is um, they got Joe Morrow, who's been a, a healthy scratch for 20, 25 years. Straight games, maybe more. I, I honestly am not very high on him. And then down in Providence, you got Matt Grezelnik, Um, You have Rob O'Gara, who played earlier in the season for the Bruins. I've long been a huge Tommy Cross fan. I don't think he's going to get the call up that I think he deserves. Um, I was talking with a few people on Twitter about it today, and people, you know, everyone seems to think that he's just a career AHLer. He's the captain of Providence on a one on a one year contract, and probably not going to get that that, that call-up. So, I mean, I would, I think he deserves it. I think he could be a really good uh, veteran to call up, even be a healthy scratch as a seventh defenseman. Um, both Cross and McAvoy, interestingly, were healthy scratches today for Providence, which had people uh, talking a little bit in terms of um, who, you know, who would be there. So, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is more of an offensive thing than a defensive thing. I mean, obviously, you got to stop the Senators from scoring. On, you know, that's, I'm not breaking any news for you there. <clears throat> but um, the, breaking the 1-3-1 is, is an offensive thing. And so I want to talk a little bit about this offense. So we're going to get a big boost by getting Marchand back. I would assume they're going to do something like a Marchand bergeron backus on the first line. They'll do a Krejci, Pasternak, uh, and someone on that second line. It might be Drew Stafford. And then you got to deal with the third line. And uh, Andrew, uh, one thing again that they were talking about is uh, Matt Paleski. What and and this is something that you've brought up throughout the season as well. Is that you know Matt Bolesky, not big numbers during his two seasons with the Bruins, but he was basically brought in because of his playoff success. And if you recall, Nathan Horton in twenty eleven. Not ma- not huge numbers in the regular season, but then came out of nowhere with some huge goals for the team. Uh, Puleski did it with Anaheim with some big-time goals. That's basically what got him this contract with the Bruins. Our third line needs a lot of help. Uh, Jesse mentioned it. Vetrano, playing time is down. Spooner, his numbers were down this year. Um, a lot of question marks with that third line. Now there's some question marks with our fourth line with Chari out and Schaller
2: not 100% healthy.
3: Uh this is the time for Bolesky to step up, Andrew.
2: Yeah, it really is. And I, I have four guys I wrote down on a list a little bit ago uh, who I think could be X-Factors. You know, normally with the X-Factor, you, you pick one guy and that's it. But I have four guys that need to be uh, have a bigger role and, and step up in the playoffs. A lot of them are, are common sense, but Bolesky was on the top of the list. I have Dominic Moore. Who has playoff experience with the Rangers and uh, throughout his other stops throughout the NHL? He's played for so many teams; it's hard to keep track of. Uh, Jimmy Hayes is on there, and I have one just because it's his first taste of the postseason, and that's pasta. I, I just oh, yeah. I got those four guys that need to step up because we saw the the regular season that David had. He had a, a great regular season. Now it's all about the second season, and you know we, we we've seen it over the years. Some of the third and fourth liners they don't really produce in the regular season but they do have big roles in the in the playoffs and you have the the big line first second line guys don't show up in the playoffs and people are like oh their legacy like Ovechkin Ovechkin you know Jesse brought up a great stat last show that Ovechkin has not or since the Capitals uh, and, and Ovechkin been a marriage he has not reached the conference finals and that's huge because he's a star player not being able to get his team there so you know you see star players shut down so I think to, to, for Pasta, it's it's all about: is he a budding superstar, or is he just going to be a good goal scorer, a, a good defensive forward that, that scores a lot of goals? And we have a, quite a few of those with Krejci and Bergeron, you know, good defensive forwards. You know, I want to see what Pasta can do in his first taste of the postseason. Can he take over a game? Can he change things? And can he make it? You know, all about. You know him, and he could be one of those guys that could be a change, uh, a game changer, and he just needs to take over. And like I said, the other three guys are third and fourth line guys, and I think those are just big, uh, you know, big things that uh, you know. Four X factors. I didn't say you know Rask. I didn't say any of the defensemen because we don't really know who that sixth defenseman is. We know the defensemen have to step up. We, we've said it all year, but those four on the forward side have to have big postseason if we even want to advance out of the first round, let alone win a Stanley Cup yeah man totally here I think it's a great point
3: my my, my thoughts on Bolesky is that I, I I said in the in our very first episode way back when um I said that I, I, I thought that uh, the David back signing would take a lot of pressure off Bolesky and maybe give him a chance uh, to not be in the spotlight and have all you know like I said all that pressure and then you know have a chance to perform and uh, he hasn't he hasn't yet but again, you know like you said maybe all the attention is on Uh, Is on Pasternak, and you know maybe it's on. You know, Backus had some huge playoff goals for uh, for St. Louis last season, which gets me excited that he's that he's in the playoffs with us. Um, And also uh, Stafford just totally heated up at the end of the season, so maybe these guys are getting all the attention, um, and that enables Bolesky to sneak in. What do you think, Jess? Yeah,
1: I think it's a good point. I mean. They brought Bacchus in for this kind of veteran leadership, and this is exactly what they need him for. He's been tough, and he's been good to watch all year, and this is where they're going to need him. And the, the Stafford acquisition, I mean, how good does that look? Like, when he came in, he scored a couple of goals. He he kind of petered out for a little bit there, and now he's starting to heat up like you just said. That's a good veteran to have on your second or third line, depending on where they want to put him. So, you know, I, I like I – like, I've said this all year. I've liked the forward group. I never thought that they were – really living up their, to their potential under Claude, and then Cassidy got a lot out of them. So, you know, if they can figure it out, again, it goes back to figuring out Ottawa's trap. If they can figure that out, they can put up a lot of goals. I mean, th- th- that's the one team that they've just struggled to score against all year. And, I mean, let's face it, if Ottawa's banged up like they are, they, they can get to them. I, I really I feel good about, you know, their ability to score goals.
3: Oh, man a- Andrew, Andrew, it sounds like Jesse's uh, feeling a little better as this episode goes on. We should We should do like a two three hour episode, and Jesse's going to be calling Bruins in four by the end of it.
2: Hey uh, love... I don't think so. I- I'm ready to hear the predictions here a little bit later on because I know we are going to have that and, uh, and and all that, but uh, Jesse, I-, I you know, I- I'm starting to warm up to it, but again, I want to see better hockey. Uh, than we've seen in the regular season. Because well, you look at Toronto, you look at Ottawa. Those series, those series sucked throughout the regular season. So. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: without a doubt. I mean, I'm I'm starting to warm up to it too a little bit. But you know, I'm just still nervous with this whole. They haven't figured. And I'm going to keep saying this. They haven't figured out Ottawa's trap, and they're going in banged up. So yeah, exactly. it doesn't look good on paper. But you know, I, I guess when you really look at it. Would you rather be playing Ottawa with a chance to win in seven, or would you rather play Washington with a chance to win in five? And I know I said I wanted Washington, so now I'm being a hypocrite. But, you know, I guess in the best interest of the Bruins' it's chances for to you. win, the Ottawa – the Senators are a
3: better matchup. Um, let, let, let me give you a little – let me put a little bit more fuel to your fire, uh, Jesse. Um, you know, in terms of who you want to play and who you don't want to play, how about, uh, the, how about the whole Alex Burrows storyline? Another shot at him in the playoffs. You got to fucking hate this guy. I mean, there's not one Bruins fan that came away not hating him after the Cup um, and since the Cup. And then he shows up to Ottawa um, at the deadline. He scores in the first game against the Bruins. He scored the tying goal the other night to send the game to overtime. The guy is just a piece of shit. And now the Bruins get another shot at him in a playoff series.
1: Yeah, but now if they lose to him, it's going to be even worse because now I'm going to feel even shittier when you when you
3: bring that up. Uh, so I, I I agree with you, but it, it it's kind of it's 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 like it's the Montreal effect, right? You you want to play them so you can beat them, but, you know? You're scared to lose to them, but if you beat them, it, it, it's that much better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you you're right. I don't think anybody came out of that Stanley Cup final liking Alex Burrows. And even I, if you guys remember, he scored the other night. And just watching him celebrate like he did just pissed me off. So imagine him scoring a goal in the playoffs and how pissed off we're going to be if that happens.
3: Absolutely. Andrew, I mean, I would think, you know, a guy like Marsham is chomping at the bits to get to, you know, face
2: Burrows. Yeah, I think he's, you know, chomping at the bit. But at the same time, he's got to watch himself. He can't be, uh, you know, too pushy. I was just going to
1: say that. Great point.
2: He can't be too pushy. He can't overstep his bounds. He can't be, you know, chomping at the bit too much because something he has to remember, He's now he's definitely got the target on his back, and the league is watching him like a hawk. And we need him. You know, we saw what this team was without him once he went down with the suspension, and, and it was just a different team watching Marshan not being on the ice. And I, I just— I, I want to see him step up and, and take it to Ottawa and, and to Burroughs in a, in a whole entirely different way I want to see him score two goals game one two goals game two I want to see him put you know pucks in the back of the net that's a way he can show up Burrows and show up the Ottawa centers and, and show the league all right I fucked up but guess what it's not gonna happen again stop fucking watching me and uh, you know get back to playing the hockey he was because he was playing phenomenal hockey clean hockey and he was looking really good like he had changed his his whole Mantra about him. And yes, he was still a little pest, but he did it in different ways and got under people's skin by putting pucks in the back of that, skating circles around people. And just, I don't want to see him get back under the, the, the trap of him being the little ball of hate that pisses everybody off and, and has the league always calling him. So I, I get, yes, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit, but he needs to make sure he does it with a, uh, you know, a. a, a, a a mature way, I guess, as a, as a veteran yeah, so leader, let, a mature way. Say,
3: I, I want to suggest one thing, Andrew. I want to suggest one thing, and that is that that I've always said that when you look at the Bruins on paper in 2011, yes, they were a great team. I'm not taking away from that at all. I agree with Jesse 100. There, that 2011 team was better than this 2017 team. I don't think there's any. You know, I don't think we're breaking any news with that. Um, however, I have long believed, and I stand by it, that. Stepping on the ice, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals against Vancouver, on paper, the Canucks were a better team than the Bruins. I also believe, on paper, Eastern Conference Finals, the, uh, the Lightning were a better team than the Bruins, and you could even make an argument that uh, the, the Montreal was a better team. I'm not so sure I believe that, but you can make the argument. The, the Bruins, the reason why they were able to, to take the series, besides, again, playing well, they were good teams, they did have some big-time goals from some, some, some big-time players, but they bullied. I mean, that was a very, very physical Eastern Conference final. It was until Game 7. Game 7 was just pure hockey. Um, that was... In, probably the most physical Stanley Cup Finals we've ever seen. They, they bullied them. They, they took some penalties, but they forced the, the, uh, the their opponents off their game. They did the same thing against the Rangers in 2013. Um, and they did the, kind of the same thing against Pittsburgh, maybe, in that same postseason. And I'm not saying the Bruins have to go out and just take penalty after penalty after penalty, because I agree with you. That's going to kill them in the end. And I'm not saying it has to be Marchand. But they got to – if they, they want to beat – you know Ottawa, or just you know some of the teams later on in the postseason. If they're if they're able to get by Ottawa, they got to be the big bad Bruins. They got to bully a little bit. They got to hit hard. They got to maybe drop the gloves a little bit. Spend some time in the box and, and kill those penalties, and then get your hot power play going and and score some goals. Um, I, they they got to be tough. They they can't just stick to X's and O's. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure they can beat anyone just sticking to X's and O's.
1: I think yeah. I think you're right. I mean. Ottawa doesn't play overly physical, so if they can bully them, that's a that, that's going to be a huge advantage for the Bruins. And here's the other thing. The Bruins haven't really played Ottawa, like, in consecutive games. So I wonder if it's one of those things where the Bruins' style of play can start yeah. to wear Ottawa down.
3: Yeah, that's one, like one warm of the up things up that I'm going to be looking bit. for. Yeah, you, like, warm up to them a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that that's another storyline, and I just thought of that, that I'm interested to see in this series. Because, like I just said, they haven't – like there's been no back-to-backs against them, no home-and-homes, no nothing like that. So I'm wondering maybe if you know there's uh, they can finally find some chinks in the armor there.
3: Sure. Um, l- let me talk about two other players um, just to watch um, on Ottawa's uh, on Ottawa's roster, and you know let's look up some stats a little bit. Um, the first one is obviously the captain. So uh, Jesse, do we know what's up with Carlson? Is he? I, I would assume he's going to be on. The, the you know he's going to be playing game 1 but he's been pretty banged up lately he, he he's been just an absolute force for this team uh, he's obviously the captain of the team um and he's he's got 17 goals and 54 assists this year for a grand total of uh, of 71 points he's been unbelievable he's got to be their, their their best player um he's obviously the, the player to watch and you know someone that the Bruins have got to take take out of the game if they if they want any chance in this series
1: yeah i agree i i and to be perfectly honest with you i really have no idea what's going on with them so it, I'm would not sure. nice to, it would be nice to find that out i'm not really sure anybody knows
3: to be honest sure um but i mean obviously i mean you know he's the force and then um you know andrew i'll take you back to our first episode when uh you know we've definitely brought this up a few times that you you called them your sleeper you were absolutely right they ended second in the atlantic and uh, one of the reasons you called them a, a sleeper was um, th- their offseason acquisition of Derek Broussard, uh, the former Ranger, who statistically not not, not his greatest season, uh, 14 goals, 25 assists for 39 points, but... Um, But, you know, he's the quarterback on the power play. He's a leader. I thought that that was their best move of the offseason. And, uh, you know, even in in some statistical struggles, they've always kept him on the ice and playing. And he's going to be a guy that the Bruins have to watch out for. And certainly when the Bruins are on the, you know, the Bruins got their penalty kill down to, it was like second or third in the league at one point. I think the night they were playing uh, Tampa, they had, you know, really just, their penalty kill's been really hot. And if uh, they're going to be successful, that's the guy you got to take out.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I've, um, I sound a little emotional right now. I'm, I'm watching the whole ceremony for the Joe Louis Arena. Being, you know, from Detroit, that's my childhood. I'm literally crying, so I'm sorry. It was a moving tribute. Uh, so, all right, so the question was, yeah, Broussard and, and the okay. Ottawa Senators. Uh, well, I did call it, and, and I just – I did see them being a sleeper. I knew they had the potential. You know, you just look at their captain, and that's Eric Carlson, Uh He's a true leader. You know, you look at all these Swedish defensemen, Swedish, you know, Swedish professional hockey players. A lot of them are leaders. And with with Carlson, not only is he a good leader on and off the ice, he's a hell of a hockey player. He's always in the Norris talks. <clears throat> he's always, you know, having a great offensive season. So I, I wasn't surprised. Derek Broussard, yes, he was one of those guys that was under the radar. He had a lot of experience with the Rangers. He didn't get much of a, you know, a good. I guess, enough uh, attention in New York. And I like that he may have had an under-the-radar offensive statistic se- you know, statistics season, but you know he was probably more of a, a good uh, person to have in the locker room for a younger club. And, and just the, the feel-good story with, with Craig Anderson all year, I mean, you see it time and again in, in sports. Sports do a lot of amazing, crazy things. They bring a lot of great memories and a lot of interesting storylines to it. That's what the great thing is about sports. You never – nothing is ever the same. And the whole Craig Anderson story was just phenomenal, how he took some time off to be with his his sick wife and uh, how he put family first. And his family in Ottawa became, you know, closer. And I just think since he's returned, it's just – I think they're just a feel-good story. Don't – I'm not saying they're going to win the series. I'm not saying they're going to win the cup, but they just – from the get go, they've been a feel good story, and I've I've had to feel for them. And like I said, they may be a boring ass hockey team, but they are a good hockey team.
3: No, it's a fantastic point, and that was going to be my my uh pretty much my last player to watch. You know, they got Bobby Ryan, they got Dion Phaneuf. Uh, both have you know been okay this year uh, statistically, but uh, I mean Craig Anderson has been an absolute force. You know, we've talked about uh, what's going on with him um, off the ice. Um, truly, you know, very emotional story. But, I mean, on the ice, he's been, he's been incredible. And, you know, the, I think the Bruins get, a, the, get a, a little bit lucky. I think Columbus did the Bruins a huge favor just because they don't have to face Braden Hopi. But it's not like their lives got any easier. I, it, 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 they did get a little easier with Craig Anderson. But overall, I mean, he's still a great goalie. He's been playing really well lately. And he hasn't, Jesse, given up that many goals to the Bruins this year either.
1: No, and he's been hot, and you just, you know, you guys just mentioned Braden Holpe, but Craig Anderson's been about as good as you can get, and I say that because Braden Holpe has been their Achilles heel for years. You remember in that 2012 playoff series? They could just not figure him out. I don't think they scored more than three goals in a game against Washington in that series, if I remember right, and Anderson's playing just about as well as you can play.
3: And and they, they they've lost nine straight to Washington overall right now, which is you know just it's you know it's, there are a lot of reasons to want to avoid Washington. I think people are are stuck on this uh, storyline of their choke the playoffs, they choke the playoffs, they choke the playoffs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you know, first of all, they, they they get through the first round a lot, and second of all, the teams that they lose to are you know the the Pittsburghs of the world, the Rangers of the world. But when the when the the Bruins got them in 2012, like you said, Jesse, they they, you know, they lost. I believe it was in seven and, and in overtime too. Um, but just a crazy. Um, you know, you're reminding me, Jesse. I I have to bring up this story. This story always annoys me. Just about the the Washington Capitals owner. I don't know if you guys remember this, but basically, uh, Joel Ward scored the game-winning goal against the. I'm sorry to go off topic, but this always gets me heated. So Joel Ward scores the the winning goal against the Bruins um, in uh, Game Seven to knock them out. And as will always happen with Twitter and social media, there are some huge assholes out there that just start tweeting some you know overly racist things ab- you know about Joel Ward and how you know they gave up a goal to him. And um, and the Washington owner came out and basically ripped on the city of Boston for being. Uh, the fans being racist and they don't deserve to be in the playoffs and he's happy they got to beat them and, you know, you know, fuck them and whatever. And that really pissed me off because, like, obviously there are going to be some people on Twitter that, you know, tweet disgusting things. And they don't, you know, they're, those, are the, those are the loser minority um, out there. They don't speak for, for Boston fans. And sure enough, uh, the next round against the Rangers, the Capitals were up, I believe it was 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two with about a minute left. In the game, and Joel Ward got a double minor, and the Rangers scored a goal to force overtime, and then on his on the second half of his double minor in overtime, scored to win it. And all these Washington fans, again, the you know overwhelming minority, they all started tweeting these racist things about Joel Ward, and and everyone in Boston was like, "Fuck you, owner of uh, Washington." So I always remember that story. Uh, you know. Don't don't believe everything you see on Twitter. It's fucking social media. Hey Zach, real anyway, quick,
2: real quick. Yeah. Be- before we get too far away from it, I wanted to make a quick comment. Uh, you know, Jesse yes. brought up the Holtby and and the Anderson comparison. You know how Anderson. You know you can't write off Anderson and how Holtby has been the Achilles heel. Uh, you look at this and and say, if you look at both Washington and Ottawa on paper obviously you say, okay, Washington's much more talented offensively, defensively, and Ottawa's just a, guy, a, b- a bunch of guys that, like Dion and, and Bobby Ryan and uh, Broussard that nobody else wanted, even Chris Kelly. You know, guys that have been yeah. and succeeded somewhere else. You don't look at them and say, well, they're as star-studded as a team like Washington. They're as powerful as a team like Washington. But Craig Anderson has kept them in these games. Even without Braden Holtby, I think Washington would be a playoff team. I'm not saying that they'd be the the president's trophy winners or whatever, but I I, I truly think that they would be a playoff team just based on the talent that they have. If Ottawa had maybe Hammond all year or another goalie, I don't think they would be a playoff team. Even Craig Anderson missed a good chunk of the season. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the, who stepped in for him uh, when he was out. It wasn't Hammond because Hammond was hurt. Uh, but when he's come back, he's continued his, his feel-good story. I really, truly don't think Ottawa gets in the playoffs without the, the Craig Anderson story and the way Craig Anderson's played down the stretch. So, no, again, ho- hope he may be, you know... All, all, and I'll be and be a hell of a goalie, but at the same time, I, I just think looking on paper, Washington's a whole hell of a lot better. I think if you put the two on paper, you look at the teams, the records, whatever, and you look at one reason why each team's on the on, in the playoffs. I'm not saying Washington's in the playoffs because of Holtby, but I'm saying well, Ottawa's in the playoffs because of Craig Anderson. That's all.
3: No, I mean I I, I definitely agree with you. They they rallied around his, um, his story um and you know it's it's definitely something special and and again that that's all off the ice and then on the ice he's you know put his money where his mouth is and played um extremely well and it's a stick tap to him stick tap that organization i i i don't really it's it's strange for me i'm used to hating who the bruins are playing in the playoffs you know montreal the rangers vancouver even toronto i've you know grown this hatred for over time um and you know, but like I really have nothing against Ottawa. They're they're kind of a class organization. Um, we we really haven't had anything with them in 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 all you know our time as a as an organ as Bruins fans. And now they get Burrows on their team. Now we get them in the playoffs. Maybe we'll get some some heat going. But uh, yeah, I mean I, I I totally agree with you. So I want to get into some uh, predictions uh, for now uh, before we just talk about the first round matchups. I want to just ask you guys. Uh, one very quick question. Andrew, I'll start with you. Um, and that is um, and, and you know we obviously don't know the answer to this question, but it's a I guess this will be our impromptu uh, fire round. one question fire round and that is that uh, Jacob forboska Carlson, known as JFK, he got about 825 in ice time yesterday against Washington, couple of face offs. Uh, Nothing really to write home about. Again, as I said uh, at the start of the show, Bruce Cassidy has uh, said on record that he doesn't really know much about Carlson, and they're just trying to get a feel for him on the ice. So my question is, with Achari out, again, we're not 100% sure what Achari's deal will be, but uh, do you think uh, JFK will see ice time in this first round series against the Ottawa Senators?
2: I say maybe, but that all depends on what's going on <laughs> with Carlo and Krug and how they use those roster spots if they bring somebody up and, and they need to dress somebody and you know, knock somebody well, off would the be
3: roster. You would be a forward playing on, on the fourth line. So you're talking about your the fourth
2: line. Yeah, I'm just looking, thinking maybe like a roster spot. That'd be the only reason he doesn't play, if they need I that hear, roster spot.
3: I hear what you're saying. I definitely hear what you're saying. Jesse, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm with Andrew. I think it depends on what happens with Krug
3: and Carlo. The way it sounds right now is that Krug. I don't think Krug is seeing the ice in that first round matchup, and Carlo could be available later on, but he may not be making that trip for games one and two against Ottawa. And I have a feeling you're going to see. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't know who's going to be uh, in the in the six, but you're going to see Morrow. Uh, so within, so then your seven defensemen, right? We'll look at who the seven defensemen are. It's going to be Chara. It's going to be Colin Miller. It's going to be Kevin Miller. It's going to be Adam McQuaid and John Michael Lyles. Those are your automatic five. And then it could be you have three defensemen fighting for that sixth spot, which would be uh, Joe Morrow, who personally I don't want to see. Yep, exactly. exactly. Um, Matt Greselneck, who I maybe wouldn't mind. Um and the third would be uh, Rob O'Gara, who actually played pretty well in the beginning of the season and has had a pretty good season uh, in Providence. But again, I say this, I know it's gonna fall on deaf ears. I don't care. I uh, I would love to see Tommy Cross get the call and uh, and put be put in that sixth spot. I uh, I would love to see him. Yeah, uh, he this weekend he broke the record for most games played for the Providence Bruins. He um. You know he's the captain of the team two years in a row. He's a vet. He's a New England guy. Um, love to see him get the call. But let's get to some let's get to some uh, some predictions. Uh, we got a special predictions coming uh, this year. I want to give a shout out, Andrew, to your brother who uh, really has been uh, the the source of a lot of breaking news for us throughout the year. Uh, I know I've been sitting at my desk in the office um, and Jesse has as well. And we've gotten some texts from you on some breaking news that we didn't know about yet. And that was coming by way of your brother. Um, and I know that he sent in some some predictions for you. Uh, just to take a look at the – we know the Eastern Conference playoff picture is set. Not quite set in the in the Western Conference um, because uh, there's still some games going on. By the time this, this show goes live, it will be set. But what we have in the Eastern Conference is uh, the Capitals – the President's Trophy winner, Washington Capitals, will be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Pittsburgh Penguins will be facing the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Montreal Canadiens will be facing the first wild card spot, New York Rangers. And then, obviously, the centers will be playing the Bruins. And I know that in the Western Conference, I know one match, at least one matchup is set, which is the Blackhawks facing the Nashville Predators. And I know this because I saw a tweet that uh, the last two times the Blackhawks faced the Predators in the first round. The Blackhawks went on to win the Stanley Cup, which I thought was an interesting statistic. But, uh, Andrew, I know your brother uh, sent in some predictions. Uh, big shout-out to him. Um, he's really been like a, a, a fifth guy on our, on our show and in the background, uh, bringing some moves for us. And I'm happy for you to share that with us.
2: Yeah, my brother Johnny, he always listens to our shows every week. And, again, I want to give him a shout-out because without him, I would have never heard, uh, you know, of of how I met you guys. So uh, I give him the 100%, you know, credit for me meeting you guys and, and, you know, bringing me, uh, you know, this endeavor. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate him always, uh, you know, commenting on our show, and he is really pissed. We don't give Crazy enough credit, but that is what it is. Um, he uh, he wanted to come on tonight, but unfortunately he was too busy because he's in the police academy. So uh, he gave me just East Fort, the, the four well, eastern. Well,
3: let me just say, Andrew, let me just say two things. First of all, uh, Johnny, thank you so much for all that you do. A huge shout-out to, you, shout out to uh, all our uh, men and women in uniform. Really appreciate it. Also, I'll just say... That uh, I remember, I mentioned that I was listening to Saturday Skate a little bit. They were ripping on the fact that Krejci didn't get a, sh- a spot in the shootout against Ottawa. They went, um, they went with Stafford and then Spooner and then Pasternak. So both uh, Bergeron and Krejci did not get a spot in the top three, and they lost a very, very valuable, um, a very valuable point, which obviously now is a moot point because Toronto lost. But uh, so Krejci getting a lot of love, you know, just in, in that regard. But go. Give us, give us the spot. All right. <laughs> he, he
2: he took Washington in five, says the Caps are just too deep. He took Pittsburgh in seven, said that's going to be one hell of a series. And I agree 100%. He took Montreal in six, and he took the Bruins in six. He did say uh, it's going to be an interesting series, but the boring-ass hockey has to fucking stop in his words. So uh, he said Bruins in six.
3: Very interesting. So he, he called it Washington in how
2: many? Uh, five. Five,
3: okay. Um, and what do you, Andrew,
2: what do you think? Uh, I'm saying the, uh, the Bruins in seven, actually. That is my prediction for the, uh, the Bruins series. I, I'm taking Washington. Uh, I'm giving them six because I just think Toronto with their young depth, Austin Matthews is going to get a game or two, and we all know Washington struggles. I'm actually going with Columbus in seven. Uh, I, I really like that team. I really like that team for some reason. Cam Atkinson put himself on the map, and uh, he, he's going to get some serious heart trophy consideration this year, I think. Uh, and, and I have the Rangers actually winning in seven.
1: Okay. Jesse, how about you? I'll go Rangers in seven. Um, I just – I don't know. There's something about Montreal. I just don't think they have it this year. Um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh and five. That's going to be my hot take. <laughs> Pittsburgh and five over Columbus. Um, Washington, I'll give them six. I'll give Ottawa six. And uh, was there one that I'm missing?
3: That's the Eastern Conference. I mean, you know, I I think we all would agree that the Blackhawks are going to go through uh, Nashville. Yeah, I'd give that one in five. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what I think. I I think, uh, first of all, I'm going to say Washington in four. I I don't think uh, the Leafs are going to get one on them. Um, The most they'll get is one, and we go on Washington in five. I think Washington Washington takes it in four. Um, And I agree with you, Jesse. I think Pittsburgh's going to take it in five. Underrated. Uh going into tonight, Columbus was on a six game losing streak and just playing like absolute dog shit. Um and one of the reasons why I had a little bit of faith that uh Columbus would get a win is because uh Tortorella was so well, first of all, Toronto was on the second uh second piece of a back to back, so their legs were a little tired and had the same goalie um going uh two games in a row, two days in a row. But also Tortorello was pissed off that they, you know, they were basically limping into the playoffs and back into the playoffs, and uh, he wanted to get them that win. And then they went down 2 nothing. You know, I, 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 was, I was so mad. Um, and then, uh, you know, Columbus kicked into another gear and, and, and got those three quick goals in, 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 the, in the second period. Um, and I want to give a big shout-out to uh, a guy, uh, Chad Labrie, on Twitter, who um, I was tweeting during the Toronto game, and I, w- I basically tweeted, that it looks like it's going to be Bruins-Washington. And Chad said, oh, uh, ye of a little faith, Columbus is known to score goals in bunches in a short amount of time. That's exactly what they did. Um, so I think it's going to be Pittsburgh and five, though. They're a much better team, and Pittsburgh's really showing have – showed- have shown, excuse me, no uh, hangover uh, from the Cup uh, last year. Um we, uh, you then have. I also think the Rangers are going to take the series um, in seven. I think it's just a good, it's a good matchup for the Rangers. And by the way, underratedly, I don't know if you guys agree with me on this, but underratedly, Montreal also plays a very boring style of hockey as well. And if you guys recall, uh, the year that they faced the, the Rangers in the playoffs, I believe that was the Eastern Conference Final. And the Rangers went to the cup final and lost in five to the uh, LA Kings. Um, <clears throat> that series also went to seven games and or six games and was pretty fucking boring too. So I don't expect much there. The Rangers have been uh, – the Rangers like started the season off extremely hot. We talked about them earlier in the season. Uh, then they, lost, then they, they kind of just went into a lull a little bit in the season. And they haven't really gotten their home form going that much. Then they lost Lunquist to uh, injury for a while, and they've just been out of sorts. The the media here in New York has really just not sold. They're not sold on the Rangers at all. But uh, I think a Montreal series could be uh, just what the doctor ordered for the Rangers and get them going into the second round. Um, and I'm gonna have to agree with your uh, your brother Johnny Andrew. I, I, I like the I like the Bruins in six. I, I think what it comes down to is that the, the Bruins need a split in Ottawa. Um, in those first two games, uh, and they got to take care of business at home. So, but it's a very good possibility we could be looking at a two-two series going back to Ottawa for Game Five. Uh, but we'll know a lot more uh, next week when we uh, when we meet to record, and we should be uh, about mid-series when we meet to
2: record there. Hey Zach, so, uh, is it, real quick, yeah. I want to give our producer John Chance a a, cha- a chance to. Uh to uh sorry John Chance I did it on purpose it's true trad- <laughs> he actually made predictions I d- did the predictions so I'm going to give him a chance to hop on air if you guys don't mind give his predictions All right Not at gonna, all,
3: let's do it. It's going to be his first time uh hearing his voice on the I, I Podcast. think we
2: might be. So John take it away. Who do you have What's in up, the guys? first round?
0: We got a second John. Well, thank thank you guys for uh, getting me on the air with you guys. Uh honestly, just following what you guys have been talking about all season long um, I do feel that the Montreal Rangers uh, matchup. I really do think Montreal will uh, come out on top of that one. The Rangers are a very good team, but I just think Montreal uh, will be a uh, will come out on top in that series. Um, for Columbus and Pittsburgh, personally, I'm, I'm I hate the Penguins being from Detroit, honestly, and uh, you know I, I also hate the city of Columbus as a whole too because I hate Ohio State. But um, I think in that one, I think Pittsburgh still it's, they're going to overmatch them. Um, uh, Honestly, it's just looking at that series. Columbus did have a very good year this year, but I think Pittsburgh will come out on top in that one. Uh, Washington versus Toronto. Um, big Babcock fan when he was here in Detroit, um, but I think Washington will come out on top in that one. I'm not, like I said, I'm not digging too deep into those series. And then uh, the last one with Boston and Ottawa. Um, it's kind of hard to go against Boston. Uh, the Bruins been playing uh, playing very well lately, um, and they closed out the. Uh, Close out the season with getting in the playoffs what, for the first time in three years. Is it? Yep. I think it's in the yeah. first time in three years. So, uh, like I said, congratulations to to, uh, to the uh, the Bruins on that. But I, and I think uh, the Bruins will come out on top against the Senators in that series as well.
3: Awesome, awesome. Um, and I just want to give a sh- I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jesse, Andrew, and uh, John on the air uh, for their flexibility. I I wasn't a, first of all like uh, my schedule was nuts this past week and uh they they were able to fit me in for a phone call for a very exciting episode that i was so happy and proud to be a part of um and then uh you know this week uh with with some of the the holidays coming up you guys were very flexible with your schedules and i really appreciate it this uh this show that we do is uh so much a part of me now and uh it kills me whenever i have to miss an episode so i'm very appreciative about that so And it's just, you know, just crazy to think as we head into this uh, series that, you know, we we met a bunch of months ago uh, for a little preseason preview, um, you know, hoping and praying that this team, we weren't sure how good they were on paper and just, you know, hoping that they could muster up a a seven or eight seed. And they end up uh, third place in the Atlantic with uh, all things considered a pretty favorable uh, matchup. Um, you know, and, you know, after all the ups and downs, they they're about, I, I believe they're 18 and eight or 18 and nine under, uh, Bruce Cassidy and they, they got hot to make the playoffs. Um, I love the addition of David Backus. And uh, like I said earlier, um, you know, we talked about Boleski's performance in the playoffs a few years ago, a couple years ago for Anaheim, uh, David Backus last year had seven goals in the playoffs, including, I believe three in overtime for the St. Louis Blues. That's going to be a huge uh, chance for him to show his leadership in the locker room for this team. Uh, Marshan's back, and I hope he's hungry after, you know, watching his team lose both games of of his suspension. Some kinks to work out in that third line. Some kinks to work out in that fourth line. Obviously some kinks to work out with the defense and, uh, you know, some injuries. But this is playoff hockey. No team is coming in 100% healthy, and uh, we've got a lot of work to do. So before we sign off, Um, Again, Jesse, why don't you uh, let everyone know where they can find us Um, and just, uh, you know, and also give a shout out to uh, Bruins Life as well, since I didn't uh, in the beginning. Yeah,
1: so the show is sponsored by Bruins Life. It's a uh, blog run by Sasha Goldman. Uh, I run the Patriots Life end of things. Um, And as I said in the last episode, we're hoping by the beginning of next season to have content up on BruinsLife.com. Um, So you can go to their website and check them out there. You can follow them on Facebook by typing in Bruins Life in the search bar, and you can follow them on Twitter by uh, searching at Bruins Life. Uh, And then as far as we're concerned, you can like us on Facebook. Just type in The Spoke to Be Podcast in the search bar. We're on Twitter at The Spoke to Be Pod. Uh, Make sure you follow and subscribe on YouTube – or not not
2: YouTube
1: (laughs) – iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, you can also email us if you'd like. We actually got a really nice email from a guy in Australia last week um we really like the show so shout out to him I, I can't remember his name i think it was brett, brett. or something brett, like that yep. yeah yeah that's right um yeah. so you can email us uh the spoke be podcast at gmail.com
2: yeah real quick yeah. before sorry zach i yeah, just want to again i want to piggyback off of what jesse said and, and and continue to thank everybody out there again we started this back in september with uh hey guys let's try this out let's see if this works and, and you know what guess what if we get 10 people listening we get 10 people listening and Without you guys, you know you two, uh, you know Zach and Jesse, and without John, uh, our producer who does phenomenal work, and uh, with without the the collaborate, you know collaborative, well it's a big word, uh, collaborative uh, work we've all done, and and hard countless hours that we've put into this uh, promoting and and producing and, and just recording, it's been a phenomenal ride, and I'm glad it's not ending yet with the regular season and you know being over. Uh, I'm excited for hopefully a lengthy playoff run, but again, it goes out to everybody who clicks on the link and listens to it, subscribes, and, and shares. It means the world to us, and we see the numbers. They're great numbers, and it's it's been a phenomenal ride, and I cannot wait to see where this thing goes. It's It's been fun, and uh, it's only just begun.
3: Yeah, we, we've gotten a lot of love from people on Reddit, a lot of love on Twitter, and we, you know, we try to be as active as possible and we really appreciate all the support. And as we sign off, I got some breaking news uh, for you boys. Um, that uh, the Bruins-Senators Game 1 will be Wednesday night, and uh, Game 2 will be on Saturday. I assume, I guess he's talking about a day game, um, but uh, because he didn't say Saturday night, but I'm just trying to um, check that out um, right now. Um, So I'm just looking quickly on Twitter to get... To get note, but definitely Wednesday night being uh, game one. So So that that likely means
2: there's going to be no extra day in between for travel. So uh, we'll see how uh, the depth actually comes into effect there because you you get the extra day in between being in Ottawa. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works out.
3: And did you say game two was Saturday? Yeah, so it's actually going to be, they're going to have Thursday and Friday
1: off, is what it's looking like. That's a big thing for them because I mean, shit. If you can get Carlo back for that game too, I mean, that's huge. And that, that's like, that's that's like a half a week spacing. So you might even, you know, this might be a long shot, but who knows? Maybe you could get Krug back. I mean, it doesn't look likely, but you know, you're you're you got a really good shot to at least get Carlo back for game two if he doesn't play in game one.
3: I'm definitely gonna hold out a lot of hope for uh carlo to uh you know to get better and go through whatever protocol he's got to go through i have a feeling just based on what i'm seeing and with the injury potentially being a a sprained knee um i have a feeling that it's going to be uh they're going to announce that krug's out for the entire series um and so i don't you know but we uh, again um, only time will tell um i'm just trying to get complete this was uh that tweet came from from ty anderson who is the beat writer for wei.com and I haven't really seen uh, anything else on Twitter. So I'm not really sure where he got that from, including the, uh, the official Bruins account. Um, but it looks like... Uh, yeah, I would I'm check gonna... NHL.com because usually they have it up there before it even gets tweeted out. So let, let me give a quick look while we're on the air. I also want to give uh, two more shout-outs. One to uh, our boy that we love so much and we have revolved around for the entirety of the season, Mark Savard. Who, when things were down and out and we were not looking good, Mark Savard tweeted predicting that that uh, the um, predicting that the Bruins would make the playoffs. He was right again. And I want to give a second shout out and uh, show some love to uh, to Sean Thornton, who uh, most likely played his last game and uh, will be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, just just the the, the ultimate Bruin. I think you guys will um, will all agree. Um, and. You know, was a huge part of that 2011 Cup run. Huge part of that 2013 uh, run to the Cup finals, with the Merlot line being as strong as they were. Um, huge part of the Boston community. He's done a lot of charity, and I'm sure he's going to be involved with the Boston community. I think he has said, I think he said that he had planned to uh, to move, stay and uh, continue living in Boston after he retired. So uh, just a big shout out to him. Sad to see him go, um, but a great career for him, which involved two cups—one with the Bruins and uh, one with the uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. So um, definitely, uh, you know, very special there. So uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll we'll sign off there with a couple of you know the, the playoffs begin for the Bruins. Two games in Ottawa, two games back at home, and we look forward to uh, recording another episode mid-series uh, sometime next week. So be on the lookout on Twitter. For announcements on when the next show will be going live for Jesse Gantz, for Andrew Cox, for his brother Johnny Gantz, uh Johnny uh Cox, and for producer John John uh John Gans. Um Everybody's laughing.
2: For all the Gantz brothers tonight. I know, Gons, <laughs>
3: Cox, I'm all over the place. But for everyone, uh, uh this is Zach Weiner for the Spoke podcast. Let's fucking go through it.
2: I'm Jonathan Schantz. And I'm Andrew Cox. And we are from the Downriver Downlow. You can hear us live every Monday night at 6.30 p.m. Also, be sure to
0: like us on Facebook, The Downriver Downlow.
2: And follow us on Twitter at DRDL14. You
0: also can hear us archived on Facebook or Twitter, also on Podbean.
2: You won't regret it, so make sure you check us out.